FTV time. Today we're going to be talking about season three, episode six, where we finally had the big reveal about Vizier, although I think the three of us were pretty convinced all along about who it was, but I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah. I, it is uh, like evening on a Saturday night, but these are COVID times, so I'm not doing anything besides this podcast, but I am drinking a rum and coke and it's delicious instead of tea. I don't know if we should mention this, but I'm confined to my room, so I only have supplies of Coke and water. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Because I ate all my Oreos already. <laughs> well, it is just a very, very late 8.53 p.m. here in North Carolina, so I'm going right to sleep after we record. So Maybe during. You never know. But maybe during my teeth, my teeth are brushed. <laughs> I had tea like an hour ago. I cannot consume more liquids lest I get up in the middle of the night. So that's where we're at. <laughs> Just want to reassure people that our age bracket is not actually in the senior section yet, but this is where we've come to. I'm spiritually <laughs> over the age of 80 for sure. <laughs> okay. So now Sophia is going to take us through what happened in this episode. Of course. So I can't really remember what how like how we left off in the previous episode, which is always how I like to start. But we start with kind of a flash forward where it's we don't know. We don't get to know if it's a dream or what. But there's like Zainab and Hakan in this like old house and Zainab gets shot and Hakan just watches basically, which um, we know Hakan is questionable. So probably could happen anyway. So then we see Faisal taking Ruya to her grave, which is in this weird kind of like well thing. And she's wearing this white dress and there's enough room that probably there's another person that could fit in there, probably Faisal afterwards. Oh, wait, we did. We left off with Ruya dying last episode. Okay, now I remember in that car wreck where she flew like 30 meters from the car somehow up a hill. Anyway, you know, TV. Um, so then we have the loyal ones in the hammam kind of like packing up boxes and stuff and trying to figure out what to do because they're all convinced that Burak is the vizier, which of course none of us fell for. Good for us. So then this woman who's a loyal one, who's a lawyer, whose name I cannot remember, shows them that there's been some break-ins to museums and art collections and art dealers that deal with ancient Ottoman weapons. So there's a clue that Vizier is looking for the key in these places. So of course, Hakan is being impulsive Hakan and he's very upset about Zainab like getting involved with Budak. I'm sure it's like pride, but also he's like, oh, well, she was the voice of reason and now she got tricked by this like street trickster, of course. So Hakan is like, you know what, leave. Like, I don't want you to be here. You're not like, basically, you're not a loyal one anymore. Um, it's very rude. And so basically, Zainab says, you know what, I'll leave and I'll bring you Budak. So you'll see because you know that I'm like an asset to you. So we get like all these shots of Zainab going to these like different neighborhoods in Istanbul and looking for Budak, like showing random shopkeepers his picture and like some random footage like that. And so then Hakan and Nissan are together again and Hakan is insistent that he needs to go into his trance again. 
Um, but Nissan says like, I'm only allowing you to do this if I'm here because like you can get paralyzed and you can get ill and all this stuff, um, which seems suspicious, but we will see. So he goes in his trance and he sees the old protector with the fake mohawk and the face scars, which I must say, I think are getting more and more pronounced in time, but I might be um, exaggerating. So there's the protector and he goes to see the soil one who's basically dying of some sort of cough. And basically the loyal one gives him this um, lot, like this sword with a lion. Um, what's the part of the sword where you hold has a lion's head. And apparently the key, like the, his part of the key, since we know from last episode that the loyal ones divided the key into four parts and each hid one part. Um, so he hid his part in his sword. Um, and that's where like a, the protector grabs it again. And so when he wakes up, he like Hakan knows that that's the sword they need to find. So then we go to Zainab again. She gets like ambushed by a bunch of people with like even children, just like a bunch of people with like very weird weapons. And then Nissan and Hakan go to see this like man who's apparently like a well-known Ottoman arm collection, like arm arms collector. Um, and like they just show up at his house without like the guy doesn't even know who they are. But they're like, oh, we're looking for this gun, um, for this sword. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, I know where it is. It's invaluable and it's in a museum. So basically, uh, Nissan and, and Hakan go to this museum to find the sword. So Hakan walks in and it's an ambush. We see um, this guy who was like the boss at the jail, who's like the recognizable goon at this point. Um, and basically, he tells Hakan, so choose who you're oh no vizier is on the phone and he tells Hakan so you choose uh between Zainab and Istanbul and as we know like obviously the protector has to choose Istanbul always so Hakan in fact chooses Istanbul so he follows the guys who are like have the sword and are running away so Hakan grabbed the sword and he like beat these guys up gets the sword back but now these goons are going to fire at Zainab. So they fire at Zainab, but somehow Burak had found them and is able to jump in front of the gun and get shot himself. And all the loyal ones arrive. Uh, Nissan is nowhere to be found, suspiciously enough. Um, and I mean, Burak is like bleeding, like, I don't know, like the most intense bleeding in the world out of his mouth and out of his aggressively abdomen. mortal <laughs> yes i guess that's what that's what that's about so he's like dying basically and zainab is extremely upset because obviously like her instinct has been proved proven and so they all take budak to the hospital because all the loyal ones are there and they help her and hakan shows up to the hospital everyone obviously hates him because like he has been an asshole to everyone especially like Zainab and so they're like like they don't tell him or maybe they do but they're like leave like we don't want you here so of course he gets the hammam and he's there with his dear Nissan and um, on the way there like he walks through like this neighborhood a bunch of shops and he just like sees the reflection of his, of himself and Vizier like talks to him and it's like riling him up and telling him that he's useless and that he's worthless and all this stuff um, and of course, Hakan 
with very low emotional intelligence gets extremely riled up, even though like that's obviously what Vizier is trying to do. So while Zainab is in the hospital, we see this old friend of Budak show up and kind of tell her this like sob story about how he was stealing money. He was stealing drugs to help his mom who had this condition and then he got put in jail. But apparently his mom was not very not a very good person or something like that. Maybe I got lost in that part. But anyway, this is just like to add. No, she was I think he was just stealing drugs for her and she was she was just sick. No, because he says like the only good thing that she left behind was Budak or something. She he says something like that. Or maybe I wasn't paying enough attention. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> um, I don't know. I got some sort of image about that. I don't know. Anyway, so then Hakan is like in the hammam with Nisan and he's having like this teenage fit about how he can't go out and get drunk because he has to wear the shirt and he has all this responsibility and he can't stop thinking about saving Istanbul and he can't think about himself and like this really annoying fit that I had no patience for. And then of course, Nisan and Hakan somehow transition into like being hot for each other and having sex. And like then somehow Hakan wakes up in the middle of the night and takes and injects himself with this drug. So he's able to see that Nisan is vizier. And we also see Nisan over Faisal and Ruya's grave, which I'll ask questions about later because I was confused about that. Anyway, so he finds out that she's vizier. So he wakes up and, of course, not having followed her instructions, he's paralyzed. So she takes advantage of that, takes the key, takes a dagger, and vows to kill everyone that he loves. And that's the end of the episode. Yep. So a cheery ending, per usual. I think things are going to turn out great. So now we're going to move on into our banter and spilling the non-existent tea section. How does it feel to know now finally for sure i felt like the show was doing so many turns around it that it was making me really angry like i feel like that's a bit soapy about the show like it's extremely repetitive and there's always like a lot of everything's super convoluted like nothing can be straightforward because they have to make everything extremely complicated so they have to do this really complicated red herring kind of thing where they like have Budak and Nissan and they just like want to drive you nuts and I don't know I was I was on the lookout to see if you could see her boobs on the suit before they showed her face (laughs) I didn't see any but I don't I'm still waiting Sammy did you see any did you look over the footage from last episode I didn't do my homework on this so I cannot confirm nor deny the presence of boobs under the hooded shroud thing but yeah, I echo what Sophia said. I'm very glad that they finally got over teasing us. I was getting really confused and thinking that Burak was actually the person and like doubting myself. And whew, I'm glad that we could just know now. Yeah, I agree with that. But also, I, are, wasn't it kind of jarring how they just skip over everything with Ruya? Like she died and everything, but like they just show Faisal putting her in a grave and that's that. Like, Did they even show him getting in there? 
I don't remember seeing no. that. No. So it's just like, oh, hey, he's just chilling in here with this corpse of his dead wife. No, but he brings her in and puts her in the thing. And then yeah. they show a flashback where both of them are dead in there. No, no, no. That was that was right now. That was present oh. day. Wait, that's present day. Wait, but how was Nissan there and then at Hakan's Hamam? It was probably a flashback to like maybe you know an hour before but it was definitely like yeah it was definitely the same era and we trust any of sophia's recap it's unclear that was confusing (laughs) (laughs) yes you can do it next time if you guys want oh god (laughs) the recaps the recap one recap i did took me three hours so we're not gonna do that we're just gonna go with with trusting they also casually in that tomb scene showed that vizier has like telekinesis which is not like a casual power to have wait wait what did they show about telekinesis she like pushes her hands without touching anything and the lid of the tomb slides off wait so faisal killed himself no (laughs) no he wasn't dead he was just sleeping there with with corpse ruya corpse bride yes because he was speaking in a really low voice he was like speaking like he was about to die or just revived. <laughs> that confused me too. I think he's just depressed. He's having a tough couple yeah, of years. Exactly. But like they they established that Hakan and Zainab like saw Ruya die and that Zainab was really sad because she's she'd grown to like Ruya. But like why can't they show a scene of that? Like they show so many useless it's scenes. True. Like why can't they just show that? Like, they still had the actors there. Because we needed 20 minutes of Nissan acting like a nice girl. I hate I hate her. I can't. I can't. Like, her whole, like, like, hurt, poor, docile woman just, like, pisses me off. Well, she's not that anymore. <laughs> also, I thought it was really funny that they have a hospital bed in the hammam as well. <laughs> like, we had already yeah. seen that. <laughs> They can't, they can't sleep anywhere else. It's so great. <laughs> no, but Hakan has his, like, black satin sheet bed also. Oh, is that where they did the nasty? Yeah. He, like, had this unmade bed that they sleep mm. in. <laughs> I thought it was really funny when they were like, oh, but we need to move. Burak knows how to get in here. And Hakan was like, No. This is home. <laughs> it's like, wait a second. You've been there for three days and it seems like no one else lives there. It's the Oracle's house, but like they stole it from her and she disappeared. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, they kicked her out. Also, like, what's up with Zainab being so like sad about Buddha? Like, obviously she likes him and everything, but she's like, I don't know. It, it felt like a bit dramatic. Oh, I thought that was warranted, though, because, like, first of all, she, like, pushes him away, even though he wants to, like, really be with her, and she probably wanted to really be with him, but she was just, like, being a cool girl and be like, no, I don't want a relationship. Then she insults the jewelry that he gave her from his dead mom. Then she thinks that he's the immortal, and then he saves her life. So, like, she has a lot of things to feel guilty about, I feel like. But also, like, it seems like she's becoming more emotional because it seems like she's also slightly offended about Hakan choosing Istanbul, although she's been the one pushing to, like, 
you can't care about anyone you can only care about the city and like I don't know I guess it's human but it's still like not compatible with her character like when her dad died she wasn't even mad like like she understood that he had to die because it was what it was meant what was meant to happen like you know she like she was upset about it but she's like okay yeah like that's what like at least they didn't kill Hakan yeah I mean but how weird would it have been if she hadn't been upset about it like that would have been so bizarre she was just like, yeah, good job, man. Thanks for leaving me behind to die. <laughs> but like he, he could have been, she could have been like, you finally understood your duty or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But they're really having issues. Like the way he was acting, like blaming her for, for getting close to Burak, that was so ridiculous. I was so mad at him. Well, I hope he like now feels like shit because he is probably paralyzed temporarily, but paralyzed still. <laughs> he lost everything again how have he lost the freaking dagger so many times like this is the kind of storyline that just makes me really annoyed because literally like every season there'll be two or three episodes where he loses one of the elements <laughs> and it's an issue like really honestly like no more storylines about him not having the shirt on and getting like screwed over in some way no more storylines about him losing the elements like enough <laughs> had enough Sophia you ask way too much yeah you writers. really have been yeah <laughs> look the props people just found their new yeah. stars to add to old Hawkon's face like it's a good time they've had their big reveal right. there's no calm ones. down dude it For got sure. bigger right For his sure. facial yeah. scar yeah. he has oh more. thank you I thought you guys were gonna laugh at me when I said no that. I said it on I, the I think I will laugh still laugh at you about the Nissan nose thing because I, there was a very close shot of her nose and I still don't see anything. Yeah. Agree no, with that. No, in some lights it. it looks normal and in some right. lights it looks crazy. There's a divot like right at the ball point of her nose and like it catches the shadow sometimes. No. And it's like, no. whoa. Um <laughs> also, I mean, another great props moment this episode. What the fuck was up with that sword? <laughs> it looked like a plastic, like, I don't know. It was just bad. You didn't believe in Salim, the sword collector? He looked like he belonged to the circus. Again, they just find exactly the right well, his, man his for their situation. Like, as soon as they needed him, like, absurd that they had this Ottoman antique collector person apparently at their disposal. <laughs> Well, and they just yeah. show up at his house and he's like, oh, wait, are you the, the guy from the Grand Bazaar? Oh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> like, he's an, he's an arms collector. He could have just taken an arm and, like, done something to him. <laughs> I was kind of hoping, like, it seemed it's at one point when he was walking around with the sword that he was going to, like, slash Hakan. That would have been more interesting. Agreed. Agreed. And also, I hate how they're just using these loyal ones as, like, background for, like, convenience purposes. Yeah, we got no, we got zero character development on them this episode, again. This drives me nuts. Because, like, they could be so fun. But they do seem to be on, like, Team Zeynep and they kind of hate Hakon at the moment, right? Yeah, definitely. So that's cool. I like that. A mutiny is afoot. I don't know, maybe. But also I have a question, like I still don't understand what 
like Nissan's strategy with Hakan was like obviously she wanted him to help her find the key but like she like is sleeping with them and is sleeping with him but I don't think her objective is for the shirt to stop working because she's had so many chances to kill him and she hasn't killed him which I'm very confused about yeah I I I don't get it I think I wanted to ask you guys about the sleeping with him thing because that just seemed like so unbelievably unnecessary. Yep. I guess like if her if her main goal is to like make him as upset and crazy as possible, that makes sense. But she had the dagger; she could have killed him. Yeah. And just like, why does anything still work for him? Just in general, like any of the right, right. The shirt should have stopped working. Yeah. I mean, that was, I guess, just another um, convenient feature to add a few seasons ago. I know. It's like, oh, it stopped working with Piraye and this guy. Um, And now they're going to say, oh, maybe it's because it was true love, but Vizier was not true love or whatever. I mean, there's just... And Ruya wasn't true love with Levant, so, like... But he loved her, though. Yeah. As the protector loved Piraye, and then now... Hakan loves, I guess, Nissan. I don't know. They'll probably do something with that, which will be dumb. Um, pretty usual, I have to say. Wait, so now do you guys side with me that she's poisoning him, or do you not think she's poisoning him? I mean, I don't. I think he's gonna be fine. I don't know. I don't. Like I think they're loyal. Someone's gonna come back and like slap him in the face, and he'll be fine. I assume. But yeah, it would make more sense if her whole plan was like a long-lasting poison, and he finally took the overdose, and now he's gonna die. That would make a lot more exactly. sense. Exactly. Well, not die, but like be paralyzed or suffer something. Right. Right. Paralyzed protector would probably not be that useful. Yeah. <laughs> and daggerless, of course. Because and daggerless, well, he's yeah. always missing at least one important object. I mean, to be honest, the only important object he ever actually always has with him is that damn ring, which I mean is completely useless. <laughs> well, except he's a fucking why idiot. didn't why wasn't he wearing the ring this episode? He found the fake one, he knows, well, yeah, he exactly. He knows Vizier's at large, although I think he thought it was a foregone conclusion about Burak for part of the episode. Yeah, but then once they find out that it wasn't, his brain just like doesn't work. Correct. It was also like extremely obvious that there was no suspicion of Nissan whatsoever, ever. And I think that was too obvious. Like they should have had at least some suspicion. Or like, I don't know, is is, if it's Hakan's like toxic masculinity, like, oh, the woman I choose is always obviously going to be correct, but like, of course, Zainab's choice is like a bum and he's obviously Vizier. I don't know if that has something to do. Yeah, Hakan has not been behaving himself well towards Zainab for the past couple episodes. He's pretty unforgivable at this point. Also, oh, I wanted to ask you guys. So, so Burak and the rest of the loyal ones show up to the standoff, which means that Nissan called in backup, right? So she kind of screwed over their her plan no but i think that backup was not called by by nissan you think they just showed up no i think 
it was probably like Hakan said, like, oh, we're going to this place, like be on the lookout. And she conveniently, of course, stays outside when he goes inside. Yeah, yeah. And then somehow she's like really good at doing male voices. But I guess that comes from her mirror power. She probably has a guy that does it for her. Yeah, I'm thinking she controls people to like say what she wants to say. Can she control people? Uh, well, she has her little army, remember that yeah, guy? Yeah, she like, can manipulate guy. people into doing it. I don't think it's, like, the same as, like, pushing the coffin lid off, but I think uh, she can pretty much persuade them to say whatever. You know? Yeah. Per some script. Okay. Agreed. Yeah. I agree. Sophia, any outlandish series about relating to the re-Christianization of Istanbul slash... <laughs> Is this like a radical feminist story about <laughs> Bezier taking over the world against all odds? I think it's kind of cool that it's a woman because like they've they've been like building us to believe it's a man. And like, you know, there's these whole images about like women like can't be cruel because they have like the motherly instinct or whatever, like all these like bullshit kind of things. Um, but she's like uses her emotions to manipulate Hakan. Like, she's very good at manipulating him. And, like, pushing those buttons that she knows will affect him. And she she has, like, him wrapped around her finger. Um, But I guess now, like, it could definitely be, like, some sort of overthrowing the Sultan kind of thing. Except it's, like, present day and the Sultan's been overthrown for a hundred years, almost. A little more so i don't know also i was gonna say like what do you think that house is is that yield this uh said i kind of looked Which like house? it on the outside where the, the where, museum where barack gets shot yeah oh i don't know i don't know well it's not like fancy enough to be yield this because yield this was in like obviously it was only in one part because they don't they only let you go wait didn't we go together it's or was it just I've never Joe? been. I've never been. I'm really excited for Nissan to be able to like be the badass villain. Yeah, person. her hairstyle is about to change. Spoiler. Oh, that's exciting. Her hair is really pretty though. Yeah, she's I don't have any qualms. She's gonna like cut it up a little bit. It's gonna be a little shaved here. It's gonna be intense. Oh, yeah. I like a shaved head. <laughs> you do. Yes. And then, uh, yeah, her clothes are going to get a lot less, like, schoolgirlish. <laughs> Good. Yeah, she was rough. I mean, what the question I have, obviously the only question anyone has is, was that Instagram fake? <laughs> I got so invested in that. I mean, she must have been posting on it for a while, right? Right, there had to be timestamps on those posts i mean i guess, I guess she could right. hack them i don't know well she's been awake for a bit yeah but like with the fake parents like who are those people <laughs> who she posed with maybe she just like murdered someone for their instagram account happens yeah in this age of influencers you never know what like <laughs> <laughs> i want your followers <laughs> I really wish that Hakon would have just melted the fucking key. 
I don't understand why we can't just destroy it somehow. I know. I don't know what, excuse me, what benefit there is to anyone to keep it around. Like anyone, I should say, not who isn't Mizzid or an immortal. Like, why would you on the human side want to keep it? And also, like, I understand that they were trying to race Vezier to get the keys, but isn't it better to leave it, like, in a bunch of different places rather than collecting it yourself? Yeah, I think it's also better to, like, at least throw one piece in the Bosphorus or melt it down or whatever so it's, like, yeah. unreconstructible. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. Is Hakon an addict? To that drug? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. What, the, the time travel hallucination death drug thing? Yeah, he's, like, obsessed with it. Well, I think it's because he wants to, like, figure shit out. I don't think, I don't think exactly. he's addicted to yeah. it. <laughs> I think he's addicted. I think you're really overestimating what can be included in the script here. An addiction <laughs> subplot? Excuse me? You think these people are Nobel laureates? Like, what are you talking about? I mean, they are very adept at bringing in every possible element of everything. Okay, for like a second though. So okay, maybe he'll be in a, he'll be an addict for a fourth of the next episode, and then he'll... yeah, <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think that's gonna. I don't know. I, I wonder if he's that. gonna take the shirt off and get drunk now. He's gonna go to a bar and like accost the bartender about whether he has siblings or ever had a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was one of my favorite lines when he was like, he came back and he was like, God, my life sucks. You know why? Because I really want to go out all night and get blackout and I can't. <laughs> it's like, wait a second. What about all the dead people? <laughs> like, that's what sucks about your life? Come on, bro. Yeah. But Be there's also one up. part where she, where Nissan is like super insensitive to him because she's like, oh, you don't want to get like in a serious relationship, whatever. But like, in my head, it was just like, well, obviously, because Layla died, like, Zainab didn't turn out. So, obviously, he doesn't want to get into some sort of relationship. She was so intense. That was crazy, that scene you're talking about. And she was like, you're a pitiful excuse for a man because you won't tell me to stay the night or something. Like, that's yeah, wild. A lot. But she pushed the right buttons because look what happened. <laughs> that's true. That's true. She was right. We bow down. All right. Should we move on? Yeah. So now we're going to move on into the history section where we're going to talk about Janissaries uh, because they were mentioned in this show, although I don't remember why they were mentioned. (laughs) (laughs) Me neither. (laughs) Me neither. (laughs) They definitely were mentioned. But I do remember they were mentioned. So that's so sure. Just everyone roll with it. (laughs) Fine. (laughs) You're going to learn about Janissaries. Okay, so I don't know for your listeners if you guys know much about, you know, Ottoman history and the role of the Janissary. I feel like they've been like mentioned a lot in like Western lessons of the Ottoman Empire just because like their whole origin and the story was like kind of something very like out there, I guess, or like very different, which was that they were like recruited from like Christian families, usually in the Balkans, and they were forced into celibacy into this very elite 
unit of the army and like they were basically made to forget their past so I think there's a lot of fiction written about them just and a lot of even like I don't know kind of like those um widely repeated stories about the Janissary that go back to like their ancestral lands and find their parents and like now because like they were usually picked up from families that weren't that well off like peasants and you know different subjects of the empire and like once they get picked into the janissary like this is very elite they get paid um very good salaries they become like part of this you know very special class in Istanbul so they're able to go and like salvage their families but they usually try to like have them forget because part of what makes them such good warriors is because they don't have like a lot of earthly attachments I guess like they're just like they don't know much about their past or they don't remember their families and they're just like loyal to the empire over everything. I don't, I don't even remember why they mentioned the revolt, but the Janissary started to get a lot of power in the Ottoman Empire. And they were actually, I think, the first like elite army unit. And yeah, they're the first modern standing army in Europe. The fact that they were such effective warriors also started getting them a lot of political power. So they were able to kind of fight the sultan on a lot of things and start to rise up and say, you know, like, we basically hold your empire together. So you better not upset us because um, then we're going to overthrow you. And it happened to a lot of sultans that they ended up being overthrown by the Janissary. As they, like in the 15th and 16th centuries, they were extremely powerful. So that's when they started kind of... um, like showing force to the sultan so this the rebellion that's actually mentioned in the in the show in the episode is the 1622 rebellion and then there was a sultan called young osman so he he became sultan when he was 14 years old and he basically realized that there was a need to reform the janissary and if you study ottoman history there tends to be a lot of um repet like repetition about modernizing the army and there's a lot of conflict around this and maintaining the army in order to maintain the vast expanse that was the Ottoman Empire became like an increasing drain so of course there were always clashes between the army and the sultan because the sultan basically realizes that he doesn't have enough money to maintain this army but the army will not be okay with getting less resources or less wages than they used to get so that's kind of a, a recurring tension so basically when young Osman, Gensh Osman, got into power in 1618, he basically decided like, you know, I'm going to reform the Janissary. I might like lower their wages and, you know, but at the same time, they were fighting a giant military campaign in Poland where they were defending some principalities of Moldavia and Wallachia. So they lost this key battle in, in Ukraine in 1621 because basically the Janissary like at this point were not a like highly disciplined highly trained army battalion but they were kind of just like a bunch of people who wanted to make a lot of money and didn't really um, take their job seriously and kind of like were partying a lot it seems (laughs) so he decided after this defeat to cut their pay and like close the coffee shops where they would um, get together And he basically went to, he said he was going to do like a religious pilgrimage to Mecca, as Muslims do. But he basically, what he decided to do was go to Egypt and Syria 
and try to recruit a new army. And obviously the Janissary are very powerful. So they managed to find out about this and were like, they were very angry about Osman because he's trying to curb their power. So of course they revolt and they depose him and kill him, like strangle him when he was 18 years old. So that was a very short and sad death for Osman, young Osman. But just like as a, as a general like theme, even the whole like Janissary and military reform was always a recurring theme. And the Janissaries actually only ended in 1826. And that ending was called the auspicious event because it's when finally like this extremely powerful military force was disbanded. Actually, it was super aggressive. The Sultan literally like bombed their barracks so he like basically killed most of the janissary and then captured the remaining janissary but the janissary at this point like and even at the point of of the revolt in 1622 had evolved more from like a military branch to kind of a social class within the empire and um it was very high status to be a janissary because you get paid a good amount you're in favor and close to the sultan you're part of like the military ruling class, you get land. A lot of them, like they get land in recognition for their service. Um, and even a lot of them like were promised lands in the originally in the, like in their home countries. So a lot of them did end up going back there, at least in the early times. But yeah, I don't know if Esgi and Sam, you wanna add anything? I think that last point you made, Sophie, is really important that it, it went from being in the 1300s when it was established as an elite military force made from these Dev Shudamet or these convert youths who were taken from their families. Um, and there was like a strict, like you said, lifestyle rules, like they couldn't marry before a certain age, all this stuff in exchange for obviously being paid very well and trained very well. It, it went from that to basically a very, a very bloated uh, nepotistical I mean, like you said, a social class instead of an occupation. So I, I think when it when anything gets to that point, it's time to I don't know, somehow cut the fat and get it back to how it was or just get rid of it completely and it ended up being the latter. Obviously, they went from having like a hundred thousand plus very useless, uh, very entitled people like killing several several tens of thousands of them and then Replacing uh, with the modern army, but I think I mean by 1826 it was too little, too late. Um, the, the empire was already in decline, and they, this class had been kind of eating it from the inside out uh, for the better part of I would say at least one century before that. So, yeah, I mean there was a lot of corruption running rampant in the Ottoman Empire in the last couple of centuries, and this was definitely a big part of it. Awesome. Well, thank you, Sophia, for doing all that research. That was great. If only we could remember why they came up in the episode. <laughs> no problem. I vote we take this approach. Don't tell our listeners, but we're going to take this approach of claiming things come up in episodes and then just talking about whatever we want in the history yeah, section. Yeah, there's going to be a lot more pastry <laughs> history sections coming up. Yes, it's amazing which pastries our listeners missed uh, over the course of the episode <laughs> that we caught. That's why we have this show. We're so observant. <laughs> Wait, I, I also found an article called Being an Ottoman Janissary Meant War and Mutiny and Baklava. So next episode, we will keep talking about Janissaries through the lens of Baklava. <laughs>
<laughs> and the 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 headline like the sub headline says to overthrow the sultans janissaries first threw over their cooking pots seems like a stretch but we'll go with it we'll, we'll get back to that later that's that's odd <laughs> Oh no! Apparently, like their their public sign of rebellion was overturning giant cooking pots. Oh yeah, I remember that from the Topkapi Palace tour, right? They have some of those pots, and they were talking about the revolts yeah. in the kitchens. I don't know. Sure. I don't know why they wouldn't want to eat. Hunger Maybe it's strike. like they're rejecting the the states. Yeah, the state, everything, including the food <laughs> that they're given. I don't know. So now we're going to move on to our final and favorite section, which is what the fuck. And besides the facial scar, which I'm happy to talk about at length, my what the fucks are kind of more serious. <laughs> the length of the week. scar, to be clear. The length of the scar and talk about it for a long time. <laughs> okay, gosh. Um, yeah, Hakka's Hawk, just such a piece of trash towards Zainab. It's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. I mean, we already talked about it earlier, but holy shit. How rude. Yep. <laughs> to quote Full House, the greatest show of all time. <laughs> I mean, he's just the worst in every sense. Like, he allows himself to be riled up by Vizier, even though he knows that that's what Vizier is trying to do. But he just ignores that. He has a bitch fit about not being able to get drunk. Yep. That happened. He sleeps with Nissan, like, an, and, like, also gets riled up by her because she, like, literally... Like, she's not her sweet, usual self. She, like, emotionally manipulates him. Yep. Oh, I have, yeah, so I have what you guys mentioned. Like, what the fuck for blaming Zaynep for sleeping with the enemy. That's, like, not her fault, even if it were true. Uh, what the fuck choosing Istanbul over her. He should have fucking saved her ass and then ran after the sword. The guy was just, like, running, jogging away. It wouldn't have been that hard. What the fuck the glue on mustache for old Hakan protector because along with the facial scar that really caught my eye, the handlebar mustache. What the fuck Vizier for sleeping with Hakan? I don't understand why she did that. It makes no sense to me. And she can't possibly be attracted to him after knowing, you know, his incompetence, general incompetence. Maybe it's what to do with the shirt. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we'll see next episode that the shirt is not working. And then lastly, like when Zainab goes and meets with all the lowlifes and like wherever she was and she like shows off her skills by shooting the bottles, but they had like very specifically shown that the people shooting the bottles were shooting in the direction of a guy sleeping behind the bottles. And then she shoots at the bottles. I missed missed that. That was very disturbing. She could have killed that guy. Not cool, Zadep. So basically everything Hakan did to her is justified then. She's a murderer. <laughs> she's, she's unhinged. <laughs> yeah, she needs to quit. She needs to take all of the loyal ones and be like, we're going to form our own crew. Thanks. Open a tattoo parlor. She did such a good job on Burak's arm. She did do a good job. Yeah, that was impressive. They can specialize in small keys on forearms. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a hipster trend post feathers keys right 
Oh my god. The damn feathers becoming birds. <laughs> need another need a sub pot on that. I did think that was really cute when she drew the key on his arm. I'm into their relationship. What kind of a utensil did she, like writing utensil did she use? It was for like that? a pencil. Like a <laughs> no, like a what are these called? Like a fine point pen? It Those looked, that you use it for like, like a pencil, but the ink was obviously ink. It wasn't like from wasn't graphite, but like the thing she was holding looked like a pencil. Props, people. Props, people. Hey, they did a good job. Whoever got the like, um, you know, glue on temporary tattoo of the key from their local yes. craft store. What about the people who got the uh, facial hair and the scar? Oh, I think they made those. I think they made those. <laughs> Any pre-purchased item wouldn't look that bad. <laughs> like a glue stick to fix the facial hair on. <laughs> oh. oh, and then also, I can't believe we didn't mention this. What the fuck Faisal for sleeping next to Ruya's corpse as his like Ew. new life Great pastime. One. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> yes. Ew. Oh, and he so disheveled still <laughs> and unmade. I'm gonna say what the fuck to the show for putting the, f- the flashback and that scene right next to each other because that does not make for understanding by the viewer. Yeah, you thought it was in a different century. I mean, that's a big, that's a big I thought it was the same. The only reason, yeah. the only reason I knew it was at the same time is because Rio was wearing like a white dress when he was carrying her and then Rio was wearing oh. a white dress when he was sleeping next to her. Oh, and she used to have dark hair back in the day. Yeah, oh yeah, that too. That was not good. I liked her lighter hair. R.I.P. Rhea. Also, what the fuck, Hakan, for shitting on Zainab for caring about Rhea? I mean, it like, was a why little can't weird she for like one night out and Zainab being like, I loved her. That was a lot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in general, it was all what the fuck, but like, I mean, Hakan fell in love with someone who was an immortal and, like, didn't kill her once she became an immortal. So, like... Yeah, that's true. But Layla has completely disappeared. Like, there's no writers on the show who know who Layla is at this point. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it's better that way. It would be worse if they had tried to reincorporate her now. Yeah, yeah, that would be bad. All right, did we do it? All right, awesome. So... Thank you all so much for listening. Next time we're going to talk about season three, episode seven, and find out how all of our extremely competent heroes deal with this latest revelation. I'm sure that Hakan will not pitch a fit unless he's actually paralyzed, in which case he really won't be pitching a fit, I guess. A silent fit, just like raging inside of his head, maybe. Our biggest problem, which seems to be Hakan, might be solved (laughs) forever. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, like, how are the loyal ones going to continue? Like, they need him, unfortunately, so they can't just spin off something. No, they don't. He doesn't even have the dagger. They don't need him. But how are they going to kill Vizier, though? They need to get the dagger back. And they don't know who Vizier is. Oh, yeah, that's true. He needs to be able to communicate who Vizier is through blinking. I hope he knows Morse code. Oh, my God. He's definitely going to be paralyzed and is not going to be able to tell them who Vizier is. There's like, no way money on this. in hell he knows Morse code. <laughs> <laughs>
What if he was a Boy Scout or something? He's a, a child of the Grand Bazaar. So. <laughs> I mean, you got to know all the languages in the Grand Bazaar, including Morse code. That's true. Yeah, but yeah, he's like seductively blinking at potential shoppers. <laughs> I think the hacker whose name we don't know because we've never interacted with him is going to find out a way to like link the computer to Hakon's brain so he can tell oh. them. The props people. This is probably the props people found a desktop computer that they could bring into this yes. next episode. Yes. They're like, let's introduce this. It's a gateway. <laughs> it's a gateway. <laughs> it's like got the cow print on yeah. it. And everything. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Bye.